guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. We list all of our books out on our blog, and that's libraryoverload.home.blog. And then we'll also post on Instagram, and you can find us at Library Overload there. Today, we're going on a trip. Yay! Yay. Lots of trips, actually. Very excited. Yes, we decided to do an episode about books that inspire wanderlust. Yay. I just love that word. It is a beautiful word. It's a, it's a fun word. Too. Yes. It's you a, can't say it without, like, getting excited. Yes. Yeah. And I would I would have to say most people want to travel they want they want to visit new places have new experiences so this is always something that's on my mind like if if a book is featured or someone in a book travels to a really interesting Mm -hmm. place like sign me up me too i'm there so yes and all it also goes back into the whole reading as escapism is letting you visit places that you probably may not ever get to visit in your life so i think that's always fun all right, my first book is going to be A Cook's Tour, and that's In Search of the Perfect Meal by Anthony Bourdain. I have never read anything by him. I had not either. And I was not a fan of his show. I was not either. So tell me why you chose him. I chose him because he goes everywhere mm-hmm. in this book. He goes all over the place. This is only his second book, and it was early, uh, I think it was 2003 or 2004, so it was pretty early, and he decides, I'm going to quit cooking in New York. I'm getting kind of tired of it, and I'm just going to go travel the world. Okay. And and that's probably what's inspired his show. Yes. So this okay. is the very first time that the TV cameras meet up with him. Gotcha. This is the first time he has the Food Network show. Uh, the parts of the book where he talks about reasons to not be on TV, hysterical. Okay. <laughs> he's not a big fan of the camera crews. He kind of feels like he's selling out in a way, but he also gets to travel the world right. um, and eat and do what he wants. Yeah. So he, he knows they're a necessary evil. And also, he's if he's doing this for television, they're footing the bill. Right. Like, you're yeah. welcome for free travel. Right. But there are funny little anecdotes about um, one time he was stupid, stupid drunk in Morocco and it's like, I have nothing to say. And the cameras are looking at me. No, he wasn't drunk. That's right. He got Moroccan weed. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he got super high. And he was sitting in this house eating dinner with this very strict Muslim family. And he's supposed oh to be talking God. to them about the food that they prepared for him in their home. And he's like, I have nothing to say. My brain won't come <laughs> up with anything. <laughs> so that was one of his reasons not to be on TV because there's pressure. That's so funny. So yeah. so what were your favorite places that he went to? Um, one of my favorite places that he went was uh, Mexico. He went to uh, Puebla, Mexico, which okay. he says is where all of the best sous chefs in New York are from. Interesting. Yes. He said that they've all come and they started like as dishwashers and worked their way up. And now they're these sous chefs or, or grill chefs hmm. in these really nice restaurants. Okay. And they're like every one of them from the same town. That's, and so, that's nuts. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. I liked that he visited there and he had 
authentic Mexican with his friends that he made at the restaurant. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, he went to Vietnam. I, mm. I enjoyed learning about that uh, because he talks a lot about the Vietnamese side of the Vietnamese War, which they call the American War. Interesting. Yes. And so that was interesting about how, you know, as an American being in Vietnam, he's mm-hmm. viewed... And there was a lot of interbits. I really enjoyed the parts about the food the most. Sure. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that he went to many different places. Like, he mm-hmm. went to Russia. Ooh. He went to England. He went to Scotland. I enjoyed Scotland. He had haggis in Scotland. What's haggis? It's sheep's stomach. Oh. <laughs> no, please, please don't serve that to me. Right. Uh, so there were several parts of it that I really enjoyed. Okay. I didn't love the butchering of the animals bits. He talks profusely about the start to finish of the meal and watching it and participating in it. And I did not, did not care for that. Yeah, I would feel the same. Um, He does talk about the conflict of watching this happen and being upset about it and then knowing he's eating the animals. Okay. He does address that, which is, is interesting. Yeah, so he goes all over the place and eats all kinds of food, and he eats some really, really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But he did in his show, like yeah, yeah. And so he he also goes to France. Um, apparently, he uh, vacationed in France as a child. His dad's oh. parents were French. Interesting. And so he had connections to that. He mentions, you know, at the end of the book, the whole idea of setting out in search of the perfect meal is a it's not really attainable because perfect is going to be, you it's know. It's in, in the eye of the beholder. Right, yeah. So, But he did have lots of fun and he met cool people and did cool things. That's and cool. made me want to go to Vietnam, mm. which, you know. I have a friend that um, is Asian and I'm constantly like, do you know how to make this? Do you know how to make this? Can you show me how to make this? That's funny. <laughs> like, all the time. We're okay. going to have a cooking day. That sounds awesome. He went to Tokyo, and he talked about the street food in Tokyo, and I'm <gasps> oh my dying God. to go. Um, speaking of uh, Crazy Rich Asians, that Singapore food market that they it's go to. It's on my list to, to bring up. I was going to talk about that. It made me want to go to Singapore so Oh, so I want to, yes. And I know we talked about that on like one of our very first episodes, Crazy Rich Asians. That's by Kevin Kwan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is really, really good. It's about an American Chinese girl who falls in love with a Singapore-born Chinese person and goes, travels with him back to his family's home uh, in Singapore. But the street food that they talked about made me want... Asian and noodles so for much. days. Yes. Like all I all I craved mm-hmm. was just like, can we get Asian again? Mm-hmm. Can we get Asian again? Yep. Yep. So uh, that did make me, it, it did remind me of my desire to go to Asia, even though I would be very scared because sure. I'm super Southern and I don't know, I would enjoy a lot of their stuff. Oh, just it being so different. Yes. Mm. But I still want to go. I want to yep. experience so, but hey, if I can try a kale smoothie this morning <laughs> for brunch, you can do it. I believe in you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was disgusting. BT dubs. Oh, he did also talk about in Scotland, they deep fry literally anything. Oh, is it located in Georgia? <laughs> is it, it, is it right down right the road? Right. Yeah. Uh, they were, he was in Glasgow and the guy was like, what do you want deep fried? Pizza? We got it. 
Oh. Yeah. They deep fried a pizza. They deep fried. Why uh, would you deep fry a pizza? Because they could. Apparently oh my is goodness. the point. They deep fried an egg. It's like, it's like, fried... it's a constant fairground. You yes. know, they all, they always deep fry everything mm-hmm. at a fair. Yeah. That's. He also talked about the fact that they deep fried everything in the exact same oil and never changed it. Yeah. He was, he was not a big fan. <laughs> the same oil that they did the fish and chips in that they also put the pizza in Mm-mm. and then they did a milky way bar Mm-mm. no i'm good Mm-mm. but no thank it you it was not a big book it was like 200 and some odd pages well that's nice but i did find some bits of it very tedious okay and i will say i skipped over a lot of the animal slaughter okay so, understandable yeah um if you are a fan of anthony bourdain i think you, you would love it mm-hmm I can just take him or leave him. Yeah, he was at times uh, a little too pretentious for me. Very pretentious. And so I that is one of the main reasons I've mm-hmm. never picked up a book of his was just yeah. because I I kind of gathered who he was and I was like, you are not for me, sir. And that's fine. Right. The television crew did have to keep reminding him to stop insulting other Food Network hosts because the show was going to be on the yeah, Food Network. Yeah, he was kind of a butt to other yeah. cooks. But I also could see 100% his battle with depression. It is prevalent really? in his writing. It is very Like, does he address it or is it just, you can you, just see it? As, I guess as a person who struggles with it myself... Mm-hmm. You can just see it. Um, I can just see it in his mm-hmm. writing. I can understand his conflict. You can just see how much he's feeling mm-hmm. in certain places. Okay. Like when he goes to France and his he's like, you know what I really wanted to find in France was my dad, but my dad's not here. Mm. Like it was just this whole... And then he's in the same room that Oscar Wilde was in. Uh, the Oscar Wilde killed himself in. Ooh, and, heavy. Yeah. And he can like understands how... This was actually in one of his shows. I, sorry, I got to... I mixed those up. But he said he understood how Oscar Wilde kind of went crazy in that hotel room because he was just kind of mm. in the right kind of space for it. So, But it was interesting overall. Mm. I gave it three stars. Okay. Well, my first pick was a book that I have wanted to read for ages and ages, but it was very... A very large book so I kind of waited on it mm-hmm. and this is In a Sunburned Country by Bill Bryson oh. who is quite a prolific travel writer I've never not, heard of that. Um, not only has he written books he has also done many an article on all sorts of travel everything nice. so this is him uh, going through as much of Australia as he could possibly do nice and so I was like, sign me up. Yes. I die for Australia. My yes. most favorite animal in all the land lives in Australia. and Which is? A duck-billed platypus. Because oh. it's so weird. It is so weird. And it's so cute. There's terrifying things in Australia. Oh, oh, girl, wait. And you know, like, only, like, 15% of the island is inhabitable or something like that? Yeah. Of the continent. That's oh, crazy. he talks. Oh, he talks. Hold, please. Okay, my bad. So this is one of the most dense books I've ever read. So it literally took me seven days to get through this book. It was just a whole lot. Um, But he did have a wonderful sense of humor. So he was, he had, he would put in his snark just when I was like, God, this is boring. He would put in his snark and I'm like, okay, I'm back with you. (laughs) Um, But so he... 
he flew into Sydney and then he took a three day train trip somewhere like and then he would rent a car and drive as far as he possibly could like he tried to hit as much of Australia as he possibly could and he still didn't get anywhere close to all of it but he went over thousands and thousands of miles Wow! so first thing I thought was hysterical was he talks about how everyone else in the world is terrified to go to Australia because everything there will try to kill you. Yes. Well, he was like, well, um, I first flew in and I had uh, this wonderful Australian woman that was there to kind of show me around for the day. And she's like, okay, well, first we're going to go boogie boarding. And he wrote this in the er, in the 90s. So he was like, I'm sorry, what is boogie boarding? <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's great. You'll love it. Come on. We're going to do it. Come on. I love it when people say, oh, you'll love it. You have literally just met me. You have no you'll idea. Lo- you'll love it. It's fine. So they, she gets him to the beach. And she's like, okay, so we're going to take this board and it's going to be like you're surfing, but on your stomach. And he's like, okay. And he's an older, he's, he's like in his fifties. And so he's like, okay, we'll try it. So they go out there and he says the entire beach stops what they're doing and watches him because it's, it's literally impossible that he keeps sinking to the bottom. <laughs> But he keeps doing it. That's hysterical. <laughs> so he's like, not once do I ride a wave. <laughs> I just sink. That's and so at one point, he's he's trying to walk back out so he can catch another wave. And the woman that he's with is like, wait, wait, wait. There's a bluey. And it's a Portuguese man of war, uh, man of war jellyfish. One okay. that could literally kill you. And just hanging out. Yeah. And so okay. he's, but she calls it a bluey and he's like, what's a bluey? And she's like, oh, um, it'll be, uh, it'll be a little bit comf- uncomfortable if it, if it stings you. And he's like, oh, okay. And, and so they kind of let it pass and then they walk and she's like, oh, there's another one. She's like, well, I guess we should go back in. Needless to say, he figured out what a bluey was and he was like, uncomfortable my ass. <laughs> it could kill you. <laughs> And then apparently she had taken him out to go boogie boarding, even though it was like that time of year that blueies just migrate through that area. That's hysterical. And she was like, it'll be a, a little bit uncomfortable if you get stung by <laughs> A little bit uncomfortable is you'll be dead. Yeah. That's um, hysterical. And then at one point I had to save this, uh, this quote, someone was telling him to, um, if you, if you cross by this type of snake it was you know one of the deadly snakes you know just one of the 15 that they have um it was like if you see one just stop for a second and let it go on its way and then you can keep keep going on your hike and he was like this i decided was the least likely to be followed advice i have ever been given (laughs) and i just straight up cackled it was so funny okay so speaking of australia's landmass so he brings up in Britain, the average population density is 632 people per square mile. Yes. In the United States, it is 76 people per square mile. The highest is in, well, in the 90s, I don't know about now, but in the 90s, it was in Macau, the record holder, and it was 69,000 people per square mile. Could you imagine? Like, I don't even understand how that is physically possible no i don't i don't i literally i couldn't wrap my my head around yeah but then he said 
Uh, the Australian average, by contrast, is six people per square mile. But even that modest figure is widely skewed because, of course, Australians overwhelmingly live in a few clustered spots along the coast and leave the rest of the country undisturbed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would leave it undisturbed. Yeah. Um, I watched The Rescuers Down Under. I know what's out there. Oh, I loved that movie. It's one of my most favorite Australian programs. The other being H2O, which is about... What? (laughs) Wait for it. It's about... um, It's on Netflix. But two of the stars that were in Vampire Diaries were in it when they were kids because they're from Australia. And it is a tween-type program where these girls from Australia accidentally stumble across a magic lagoon that turns them into mermaids when they touch water. It's brilliant. So they have to go to school, and but they can't get wet, or they immediately turn into a mermaid. Oh my goodness. It's really good stuff. I would love to be a mermaid. <laughs> I so I too. do understand. Yes. It's super fun. <laughs> okay. Um, but so he, he did talk about how in the outback, on a good day, it could get up to 140 degrees Fahrenheit, no. and just like, no thank you, hard pass. He would talk about how... Uh, especially tourists were really told not to go out into the outback by themselves because what if your car breaks down? What if Mm -hmm. you get lost, turned around, whatever? You're going to die. Like, the odds of you dying in the outback are extremely high. So just don't go. Yeah. Would not recommend. Mm -mm. And then he he gave a whole lot of backstory about how Australia was founded. Um, It was prisoners being sent there, but they really don't like to talk about that in Australia. They Mm -hmm. prefer to pretend that that didn't happen happened and that's not how their their country was started because i mean there were aboriginals there right and they were but they don't talk about aboriginal people there like the amount of racism that they have is abundant that's crazy it was nuts even he and he would even kind of try to approach the subject with people that he had met you know in a pub or something like that and they were like they would completely shut down like at one point, he um, he figured out that the uh, overall life expectancy of the average indigenous Australian is 20 years. 20. Wow. In the 90s. That's insane. Like, can... What? Like... Are the, they being killed off or... Not technically anymore, but it's just they don't have access to anything. Wow. Like, they're not... They're not helped, and it's and the rest of the country is like, well, they're not asking for help, and so it's kind of like a reservation type thing. Yes, um, but it was just kind of bananas. The whole thing. It was super, super interesting. Very dense, and it was a little bit like, gosh, I really want to travel there. It sounds so amazing. And then the next chapter, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I ever want to go to Australia. Okay. It's kind of terrifying. Yes, but. It just, he kept talking about how it's just a fascinating country. You'll mm-hmm. never run out of things to do. Mm-hmm. But also Bill Bryson, just as a person, was super cool because he would, he was one of those people that he'd be driving and he would see like, oh, there's a, a sign that says they have a giant lobster. Let's mm-hmm. go see it. Like he was just, he was just very <laughs> much like, yeah, just fly by the seat of his own pants. Like he mm-hmm. was just very, very interesting. He sounds like a wonderful person to travel with. Nice. So it was fun to experience that through his eyes. Nice. 
It was it was good. It was just it got very long. It yeah. was very dense. I gave it three stars, but I did enjoy it. But mm-hmm. I just I don't think I would pick it back up again just because mm-hmm. it was so much. I get that. I know it's not Australia, but it's a neighbor. I always have wanted to go to New Zealand. Do you just want to go see the Hobbits? Absolutely, one hundred percent. No other reason. <laughs> I actually have a guy that I uh, kind of sort of grew up with that lives in New Zealand now, and I kind of just want to send him an email, be like, "Tell me." Tell me how you did that. Can I come live with you, please? Thanks. I want to visit the Hobbits in where Lord of the Rings was filmed, and that's all. I don't know (laughs) nothing else. Nothing else about the country country is interesting to you. I I don't know anything else about the country. I just know that's where the Hobbits are from. That's gosh. All right. Well, I'm going to take us to Italy. I want to go to Italy so bad. I really do, too. So I read, and this has been on my list for one million and seven years. Okay. I read Under the Tuscan Sun by Francis Mays. That is one of the very few that I've seen the movie but not read the book. They have nothing to do with each other. Interesting. Okay. I would just like to point that out. Okay. Um, yes, it's based on Francis. Uh, Under the Tuscan Sun is a memoir that Francis wrote when her and her husband bought a villa in Italy and restored it. That was so much enunciation. Yes. Because I'm angry about it. (laughs) Under the Tuscan Sun movie is Mm -hmm. a rom-com in which Diane Lane has gotten divorced and moves to Italy by herself. Interesting. And meets all of these people that Francis doesn't meet. Interesting. Okay. So. So they're like, I like the idea of your life, but I'm going to make it better. I mean, they just unnecessarily Mm -hmm. made it a rom-com. Right. Well, I mean, no one's going to watch that unless she has to fall in love. I guess, maybe. I mean, and Frances wrote in the 90s. uh, I think it was like 97 or something like that when she was writing it. But it was a very beautiful, like, ode to Tuscany. Nice. It was a... Basically, she started a journal or a diary when they bought Brahma Sole. So it's the same house. And they actually still live there. Oh. Um, and they go on in, in the summer, every summer. Lovely. They're both professors, at this time they were, professors at a university in San Francisco. And so every summer, they would go to Italy, her and her husband. I would love to summer in Italy. Right? Uh-huh. I would like to have enough money to summer in Italy. Elsewhere. Literally anywhere. Literally yes. anywhere else mm-hmm. to stop working in the summer. Yes. <laughs> um, she was divorced. So that, I mean, that is true, but it, like she had already remarried Ed by the time and they bought the house in Tuscany together. Okay. Um, and it kind of makes, the movie makes it seem like she bought it on a whim, mm. but they actually had been going for several years and looking at houses and planning and saving and... As you, as you do as an adult. Right. It wasn't just like a, oh, that house looks nice. I'm gonna buy it. I have money. Yeah, I'm on a trip in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. I'll just stay here. Yeah. Like, they don't live there full time. They go back and forth. They're only there in the summer. Mm-hmm. And they bought the house and they start the renovations. And so her journals are about the renovation projects. She's a professor of poetry. Okay. So the book can be a bit flourishy. Okay. Uh, she's quite loquacious. Okay. Took me a minute to make some progress in it. Like, there were, you know, whole chapters about weeding the garden. So some of that wasn't my favorite, but there's recipes in there. Uh, cool. Like they stumble across one day their pine tree has pine nuts in the pine cones. Like I didn't actually ever put that together. That pine nuts come out of pine cones. I don't know where I thought they came from either, actually. Right. Huh. Well, 
they find out that their pine tree has pine cones, and so she makes a torta that the, as you do right mm-hmm. that the real estate agents Nona had made. That's cute. Yeah. Um. And so there's recipes like that in it, but there's mostly it's kind of like her falling in love with Tuscany and her falling in love with this house. Sure. And her and her husband restoring it together, and just this really beautiful journey that they take in Italy and 100% makes me want to go to Italy totally uh, to Tuscany specifically mm-hmm. but I'll probably never get there but it does it, it, it's not that big of a book either it's only about 300 and something pages but it's just very dense at times like you were saying that last book it was very dense yeah because she she tends to write very fancifully very mm-hmm. flourishy and just yeah. lots of extra descriptions about the weeds winding their way up the house and yeah gotcha we talk about weeds a lot we talk about the crumbling walls quite a lot Mm. but it was a really it was really enjoyable that sounds like something i would enjoy like i do like renovations i like Mm -hmm. the idea of just moving Mm -hmm. somewhere so that all sounds wonderful yes they do actually meet the polish people like in the movie they have the renovation team the one guy the the couple of guys that are polish okay okay um but they, and they also talk about all the funny things they stumble across like they really did inherit like a million bottles of of empty wine bottles <laughs> um and the house had been sitting abandoned for like decades wow when they bought it the this family had had five daughters and they moved away but when the parents died they didn't want to sell the house they didn't want to live in it either so it just sat mm. there so by the time that they came along and bought it um it was kind of neglected so they had lots of work to do gotcha it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the talking about the restoration projects and what all it yeah. took. And I guess back 300 years ago, there was a horse stall like in the living room area. Oh. <laughs> because it had all been converted. Gotcha. And, so, and then the, the bathroom situation was funny. There was only a hip bath, which is like, oh. like that you would bathe an infant in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that all was kind of funny. And then they... They stumbled across two wells on the, on the grounds. Okay. That, that had been covered up. And and so that was all just really fun, but very flourishy. Okay. I, I thought she could have dialed it back just a little, but that's her thing. So sure. get it, girl. All right. I'm still really mad at Hollywood, though. I'm going to hold on uh, yeah, to that that's, for a minute. That's crazy. Okay. My last one that I read was Uganda Be Kidding Me by <laughs> Chelsea Handler. Nice. <laughs> So this is, I will warn, this is pre-woke Chelsea Handler. Like, she's had kind of a, a change of heart, all that. So this one is a little bit um, really kind of sticky kind of jokes, things like that. That I was like, mm, don't love it. But it's like, but there was still a whole lot of shit that made me laugh, like, so, so hard. Awesome. I'm sitting on the couch reading and I'm just cackling and Chris is looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so Chelsea's dynamic with her friends is kind of hysterical. Like she's the one that bullies people into traveling with her. She's like, I don't like to travel alone. So I obviously forced my friends to come with me. So that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, 
she foots the bill so like i don't know why right. they're complaining right like like it sounds uh, like a not a, a non-problem yeah mm-mm. so she apparently does this when she goes through a breakup she forces girlfriends to go on these random trips with her so apparently she had gone through a breakup she doesn't name names which i'm hella mad about but she goes through a breakup and she's like all right guys i want to go on a safari let so i'm gonna book it <laughs> so she so she forces five other uh, women to go with her in like three days time she's nice. like okay so i've got the doctor coming with our hep a and b shots uh at three o'clock today um yeah so she's just she just kind of forces people to go mm-hmm. they arrive and she is a an impressive alcoholic <laughs> like they have to get up at 5 30 because their safari starts at 6 a.m and they're drinking Bloody Marys at 5.30 in the morning. That's amazing. And it gets to the point where <laughs> their poor safari guide, Rex, is just so done <laughs> with their shit that he eventually starts stocking more booze. And he's like, I figured out that it's better if you guys are hammered than if you're sober. That's hysterical. So, like more Bloody Marys because then they'll switch to mimosas and then it's just straight up champagne by lunch. And so then they go, so you don't, you don't safari during midday because it's too hot in Africa to do that. Love that idea. It's very smart. So they would safari early, early in the morning, go back home, go back to the hotel for, um, massages, lunch, a nap, whatever. And then they would go back out at four. Nice. So the they ended up going to three different places in Africa. And the whole time you're like, are she and Rex going to sleep together? Like she Ooh. just has this insane, ridiculous crush on him. That's like, and so the whole time I'm like, girl, are you about to hook up with Rex? <laughs> like work. Like she's got pictures in there. So you actually see what he looks like. Very Ooh, cute. BT dubs. Nice. Um, but it's just hysterical and her like just talking about their drunken shenanigans like could you imagine like i've always wanted to go to africa but i couldn't imagine going on safari and also drinking because those animals could literally kill you just thinking i need all of my faculties yeah i would want to be super sober on no hammered hammered like he kept having to tell them to shut up because they were scaring the animals (laughs) away like just unreal so it's so funny like and i know that chelsea handler isn't for everyone but Mm -hmm. she makes me cackle Mm -hmm. so like i was loving it and i bought it and i own it and i hadn't read it yet so i was like check mark for me like i'm also terrified of the the prospect of going to a country where you need additional vaccinations to travel i know and i'm so terrified of needles that i'd be like can i just can I just not get the vaccination? I've been to Mexico, but I don't remember having to have any additional vaccines. To I go remember there. I went to Costa Rica as a teenager, and I remember being very nervous that I was going to be forced into having vaccinations, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I didn't have to. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just. I'm not certain... anti-vaccination. Just no, we're not anti-vaxxers. I just, I just don't want to go somewhere where I can catch something that I need additional protection yeah. for. I'm not, I, I'm not about and that. I don't care about that. I care about the needles. Which is interesting because you have several tattoos. I wanted them. I don't want those needles. There's a difference. They had to get multiple shots, yeah. like at minimum three, mm-hmm. but I think four. I think, uh, Africa, you have to get quite a few. Yeah, um, I was I wasn't a fan of having to get the <laughs> shots, um, but I 
desperately. Like they started in South mm-hmm. Africa. They went up to Botswana. Oh. Like just amazing places. Desperate. Like I just want to go on a safari. I kind of do too. I've been to the animal kingdom and did the safari there, <laughs> but it wasn't the same. I imagine not, but I've never been there either, so I would settle for that. It was really neat, but it it was not the same. I want to go see elephants in India. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would love to go to India as well. Yes. Literally anywhere on that part of the world Mm -hmm. would be great. Anywhere that's not here. Yes. (laughs) That's where I want to go. Yeah. But it was really cool um, because she kept saying, like... I know that we're hammered, but we are actually interested. <laughs> it's just, it was just really funny. funny. Made me laugh so hard because I've not, I've read a lot of books where, because I, I, I am so interested in travel. I have read a lot of books where people travel to different places, but I've never read one where it's alcoholics traveling to different places. So that was just another level That's that amazing. I didn't know that I needed, That's but I do now. I'm so. glad that you got that mm-hmm. in your life. Yes. I do want to circle back to Under the Tuscan Sun for a minute because I forgot to mention this. Um, your time has passed. I'm so sorry. You'll have to get over it. <laughs> I realize 100% the irony and what I am about to say, okay? I'm excited. I'm going to make fun hard. But I attempted to listen to the audiobook of Under the Tuscan Sun. Okay. And Frances Mays, who is from South Georgia, narrated it. And it was too Southern. I couldn't do it. It was too Southern for me. I would like to backtrack just a little bit, please, and let you guys know that even though Tavia probably edited this out she struggled with several words earlier she made meal into mail so i need you guys to know how hilarious it's it really is funny it's really funny i get that 100 i get it but i couldn't focus on the book because i would i would feel the she same was way talking in about italy she was talking in was thing. it was it italy or um Tuscan. My grandpa used to say Italian. <gasps> no. Yeah. Did she ever say salmon? No. Because I draw not. the line at salmon. <laughs> no, she didn't. But she was saying Italian words with this deep South uh, Georgia accent. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. So I narrators are a very big deal when listening to audiobooks. And I love that she wrote it or read it herself because with the way she wrote it, I don't think anyone else could have translated right. it. But it was too Southern for me. So gotcha. So forewarning on that. Well, I wouldn't be able to listen to that either. So I definitely understand. But that is hilarious. Yes, I, I 100% understand the irony <laughs> in that whole situation. I am super duper Southern. But Frances Mays beats me. She's from, have, you may have heard of it, Fitzgerald, Georgia. Did she mention where it's near? Is it's it near Eastern? Macon. Oh, okay. I, um, I grew up about an hour southeast of Macon. Mm-hmm. And in Claxton, Claxton Georgia, Georgia, the the um the home of the fruitcake capital of the world. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's kind of when I looked at the map, it was between Atlanta and Macon. Oh, okay. So, so was, almost in the middle of the state then. But it was closer to closer to Macon than Atlanta. Okay. But it was that direction, like you know, you guys can't see it, but I'm pointing. It was like it's like southwest, or okay, southeast. So closer to the coast than Alabama. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Lord. That was a struggle. <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard for me. <laughs> and even re 
reiterates the irony of the fact that I couldn't listen to her talk. But it was so... That was magical. Thank yeah, you for that. You're welcome. Imagine Paula Dean narrating oh, a book. Oh, Lord. It's just, I, I like you. I like you over there. <laughs> please can't please stay in Savannah, Paula. I really can't listen to you read for six hours. I just, sure. It's not something I can do. So, I get again, it. Nothing against the South or the wonderfulness of the South. We are obviously from the South, <laughs> but... but. That's funny. Oh, she also mentions in the book about being from the South. She said, well, you know what? One thing that I uh, am really good at that I remembered is throwing a fit. <laughs> she said it's super Southern. Oh, Lord. <laughs> when the contractors wouldn't get their stuff together. She said, I threw a hissy fit. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell funny. you that I have never once thrown a hissy fit. I mean, I don't think I have. I probably have. But I Maybe as remember. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm actually, I know for a fact that I threw all sorts of hissy fits as a child. I was just dramatic then. I was just as dramatic then as mm-hmm. I am now. Just a child. So you couldn't reason with me. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, I saved my most favorite book for last. Tell me more. Yes, this is called The Unhoneymooners. <gasps> I so wanted to read this, and then I saw you were reading it. Yes, oh. it's really, really good. And it just came out. It was either in January or February. It was a, was it a Reese, Reese pick? You know, I'm not sure if it was a Reese pick. I'm, I mean, Reese Witherspoon, sorry guys. Yes. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't remember, but it literally was published this year. Okay. So in the past two months and a week. I had this book on hold via ebook with the library and it became available. I didn't know that. It became available and then I couldn't get to it in time when they took it away. Aww. And so now I have another 13 weeks oh, to wait. I didn't know you were planning because we don't plan what we're reading right. with each other. Yeah. Um, well, because it would ruin the surprise of getting yes, to talk about it. But so. also, I think both of us kind of read mood-wise, so yeah. it's not like we set out to say, I'm going to read this, this, and this. Right. Like, I like, started a couple of books for this episode that I can get into, mm. that I put, you know, that I put away. So, um... That I had 100,000 books I wanted to read for this week, but then In a Sunburned Country, like, just zapped all that excitement yeah. away. Yeah. And so, it's my, fun. My first two were, even the short books, hard to get through. Mm. Um, but the Maybe you just weren't in that state of mind. I had a rough reading week. I really will tell you I did. Mm. I could it not happens. focus on... It's like I started six books and mm. didn't... I just... No, I can't do this. This is terrible. I get I it. something else. So I, I, I definitely it. struggled. But The Unhoneymooners was amazing. Oh, is it everything I wanted it to be? It really, really is. And this is by Christina Lauren. Okay. Christina Lauren is the pen name of two best friends who write together, Christina Hobbs and Laura, Lauren Billings. Can we do that, please? Yes. Christina Lauren. That's like, that's just fun. Susie Tavia doesn't have quite... Tavia, Susie, it doesn't have as good of a as a no. flow. It could be like like my first name and your last name or something reversed. Hmm. We'll figure it out. We'll talk. We'll talk. But yeah. they actually are prolific writers. They have like mm-hmm. 12 or 14 books out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this book, they travel to Hawaii. Okay. I want to go to Hawaii now so much. I always want to be at, at in Hawaii all the time. Yes, mm-hmm. I realized that it was a penal col- or a leper colony on top of an active volcano, and it's terrifying, but I still want to go. 
I didn't know that it was a leper colony. Oh, yeah. That's where they sent all the lepers to keep them, like, away. Sure. Um, from the general population. Yeah. Go go die away from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. if you're going to be exiled, why not paradise? I mean, I would, I would be kind of pissed, but all right. Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. But they created their own little community. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. But it is hysterical. And it is about Olive. And her twin sister, Amy, is getting married. And we open at the wedding. And Amy is the kind of person that wins everything. She enters a million hundred sweepstakes. So her entire wedding was paid for because she won stuff. Oh, my gosh. But the buffet is a seafood buffet and makes everyone sick. Oh, no. Except for Olive, who is allergic to shellfish. And her sworn enemy, the groom's uh, brother, who has a thing about buffets. And she's like, what kind of person is this? And he's like, well, maybe sick, so I guess I was right. Um, so he sounds like a little bit of a pretentious ass. Well, he, he we see him at first from Olive's point of view. Sure. But he's like, uh, there's so many germs in a buffet. I get it, but. Yeah, so. Food. He, uh, he and Olive had separate meals because she was allergic and he didn't want to eat the buffet. And so they were literally the only people that didn't get this terrible, terrible, terrible sickness. Okay. But Amy had won the honeymoon. Okay. And it was non-refundable, non-transferable. So Olive looks just like her. She's like, you have to go take my honeymoon. And at the same time. Thank you, time, sister. Right. Well, Olive kind of feels bad about it at first. She's like, I, I should wouldn't. stay here with you. You're Mm-mm. sick. No, you just got a free wedding. Now I will take this. <laughs> Apparently the kind of sickness they got lasts for like 10 days. Too. Oh, God. Yeah. It's some sort. Of, it had nothing to do with ill-prepared food. It was just something to do with the fish. E. coli, was it? It, it started with an S and I really can't remember. Salmonella. No. Oh, I don't know. It was It was interesting. My anyway. knowledge of disease... Uh, Foodborne diseases is very limited. Yes, as is mine. But so at the same time that Amy is telling Olive to go, the groom is telling his brother to go. So Olive is like, yeah, if you're going to go, I'm definitely going to go because I'm not going to let you enjoy this by yourself. So they end up in Hawaii. Honeymooning. Unhoneymooning. And they have to pretend they're married. Sure, as you do. the hotel staff, because the rules are really strict with the thing, and it's amazing. It's so good. Well, in 12 weeks, guys, (laughs) I will be reading the hell out of this. It is really, really fun. It's a rom-com. It's hysterical. It's a little smutty now and again. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, They go on all of these fun tourist things in Hawaii. At one point, they're playing paintball in the in the, like the jungly parts of Hawaii out of all the things that you could be doing in Hawaii paintball well, is not a thing that would come to my it mind it had rained that day and so there were a lot of the things that they couldn't do but mm-hmm. they didn't care about the mud for the paintball sure. so they still have that open but they they go zip lining of course they go and watch the sunrise on the highest peak and they have what a place to fall in love yes but you know it's a love to hate comedy romance but then they come back to real world yes and it shows you their their life and how yes we fell in love in hawaii and that was like this bubble Uh but now we have to go to the real world oh i like that it's not just like at the very end they fall in love and that's it like i like that you get to see after Mm -hmm. the happily ever after that's cool yeah 
Um, but I want to go to Hawaii super bad. Uh, duh. The yes, please take me. Were amazing, but it was it was a really really good book. Five stars. Oh yeah. Ten of ten would recommend. I'm so excited to read it. It was really. Good. I've wanted to read it from the moment I heard about the it. The cover. So makes you want to go somewhere yeah. immediately it, isn't it it's like a bright yellow and it's got like a yes. toucan on it yes and all these tropical plants and it's, it's just like it's it's eye-catching it says for travel sure. yes just right there yeah all you need is sunglasses yes. and go but it's hysterical they run into some interesting people in hawaii i'm sure that you know gives kind of helps the plot along mm-hmm. and then there's all this stuff that that olive finds out that she has to come back and live with mm. and they're in St. Paul, Minnesota. So the two places oh, are, yeah. they couldn't have been more different. Sure. Hawaii and Minnesota. And mm-hmm. her sister got married in January. So it's super winter when they sure. come back from Hawaii and they're in their little love bubble. I like but, it. Yeah. That's it is, awesome. It is kind of weird. Um, and they mentioned this in the book, twin sisters fell in love with brothers. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. But it was hysterical and funny and happy and just made me happy. It just made me really happy. I'm sure after reading the books that you couldn't get into to finally get yes. one. I really needed it. Yeah. I, I needed the the hilarity of it mm-hmm. to kind of help. And I needed the happily ever after, which that's not a spoiler. It's a romance novel. I mean, everybody knows. Yeah. You don't read a romance novel to be heartbroken at the end of it. So. Right. Okay, well, I just have a couple that I've most definitely talked about already, I'm pretty sure, but I'm just going to reiterate just for the sake of. Uh, I've got two that I just want to really quick. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants by Anne Bradshares is adorable, Uh, especially, and they all kind of, it's four girls, the beginning of summer, they realize that they're all going to be all in different places, someone's uh, going to film camp someone's going to Greece someone's going to soccer camp so I mean everyone's going to be off doing their own things and the only thing that they kind of have all uh, to pull them all together again is these pants that mysteriously fit them all even though they're four very different shaped girls so they ship them to each other with letters all through the summer Mm -hmm. super cute Um, I loved them uh, I thought it was a trilogy, but actually it's four books and I've never read the fourth one. Oh, uh, so I definitely want to do that. I have never read the book. I have only seen the movie. They're pretty similar, um, but it's been a while since I read it. Blake Lively's very first mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yeah. And I loved her in it. So mm-hmm. it was fantastic. And the girls that play the characters in the movie, they're like BFFs even now. So I think that's that's adorable. They've all been to each other's baby showers, weddings. Like, it's super cute that they're all really close. Yeah. And then I know I've talked about Destination Truth, Memoirs of a Monster Hunter by Josh Gates. I love him. I love everything that he's ever done. He's got two shows on the travel channel right now one where he goes and investigates myths, it's uh, Expedition Unknown. And then his other one crap I can't remember the name of it but he's got two that are going on right now and he's just constantly all over the place like he just goes everywhere experiences all these different things like it's just really cool and in the book he does talk about how he was searching for the yeti found a footprint got it cast like all that but he also talks about like how to travel and for Americans to please quit 
wearing the money belts. <laughs> you don't have to buy a money belt to travel. Like, it's right. just, it's super cool. It makes me want to travel. I've read it multiple times. It's very small. I'm pretty sure it's not even 200 pages. Mm-hmm. But it's, I love it so much. Nice. So good. I saw that he was recently in in Nashville, which is two hours away from us, and I was so mad that I missed him. Mm, that stinks. Yeah, I would totally bum rush the stage just to get him to sign my book. That's hysterical. I mean, it's worked before. I can do it again. The two that I wanted to mention was we talked about Crazy Rich Asians, which, again, so I can't good. even tell you how much I wanted to go to Singapore I after know. that. And you know, so that's much. one of the very few series that I have not finished. I haven't finished it yet. I only read the first Shocking one. Shocking no one. Uh, no. And then there's the probably stereotypical eat pray love oh yeah um that's like on the top of every list i when know you search about travel books i mean it is good yeah it is a good book i i haven't seen the movie so i I've, i saw the movie that. well before i read the book but i i did like the book i will tell you i liked city of girls by elizabeth gilbert 10 times more than i liked eat pray love i get that but but it, you know that's me well, also, real life is never as exciting as fiction. Right. But she's in Italy, she's in India, and she's... Oh, where did she go last? Some tropical place. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I was going to say Barcelona, but I'm pretty sure that's where the guy she meets is from. Yes, that's in Spain. She's in some sort of tropical place. I don't remember. I don't either. I just but, remember the pasta and then the the meditating. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. Me too. But it was really good. I read it a long time ago. But Same. It, it's 100% makes you want to get out there yeah. and, and, and take part in life. 100%. So hopefully you guys have some destinations to visit in I your reading. I am going to run away now. Yes. So bye. Bye. This is my last episode. No, thank you. <laughs> You can go anywhere you want as long as you're here next week. How about I Skype in? No, I don't think that would work. Yes, it's going to happen. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That's funny. But hopefully that does give you guys a a few uh, different locales to escape to in case the weather's gross where you are and... You know, you just want to get away. Yeah. We're about to head into our monsoon season here. So. Oh, I hadn't realized it stopped raining ever. <laughs> just today. My backyard is like... Mud pit. It is a mud pit. Mm-hmm. It's where pigs live back there. Yep. Right? Not legitimately, just for the record. I don't actually own pigs. Well, we do live in Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some people do. I was just being metaphorical or hypothetical or something. Ethical. That was profound. <laughs> You've been really smart this episode. I really have. Maybe we should go now so that I can, you know, mm-hmm, figure out mm-hmm. words and English. And yes, ma'am. Stuff. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, I will make better mouth. Yes. I actually just got caught up last night on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It is so good. So good. We Guys, if show. you don't watch it, it's fantastic. It's hysterical. It's so good. Okay. All right, well, we'll talk to you next time. All right, bye. bye.